0: Oh, we're live. We are live. Let's go. Another episode of the Martin Download. Underway, folks. Ian Gilmore, as always, alongside Adam Baker. Lots to do this week, Adam. And uh, I don't think you're the happiest after last weekend's results.
1: You know, one went my way, one went terrible.
0: So it's uh, feeling iffy right now. We're 50-50. We'll get to it eventually in the show. Better than completely horrendous. But hey, as I said, Adam Baker alongside Ian Gilmore, as always. Fourth episode of DeMartin. Download. We're off. We're going. Hitting the ground running. Um, but as we hit the ground running, everything just, you know, ends. Mm-hmm. Michigan State women's is done. Now Michigan State men's is done. Hey, but I mean, we don't just talk those. We got professional. We got everything. We got more. Yeah, don't worry. Everything's still coming. So, as I said, both MSU seasons are over now. Uh, coming up today... We've got a total men's side recap coming up. Um, if you missed the women's recap from two weeks ago, go ahead, listen to that one as well. We recap their whole season. Um, we're going to recap all the games we previewed last week because, man, we had a slate and a half of games this past weekend. Um, and then we'll look forward. we got the international break preview as that starts today. Uh, maybe a little Zlatan talk? I'm with it. Maybe who is, where's he going? Who knows? Who knows? But he's officially gone. Latta no longer with LA Galaxy, told everyone to go watch baseball again. <laughs> All righty, but without further ado, we'll get right into it. So MSU men's soccer, season's over, Adam, but we'd be remiss uh, if, if we didn't talk about the last game, the Michigan game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go to Ann Arbor again, this time in the Big Ten tournament, the quarterfinal. Uh, they had lost, I think, 12 days previous, 2-0, kind of got played off the park, never really looked like they were gonna win uh, it was a lot it was a, it was a different story uh, in the big Ten tournament it was really a different story and it almost it was one of those for a while there you thought it was gonna happen <laughs> you really did it was you thought it might be one of those games like last year's postseason where they just eke one out but it wasn't meant to be they lose two one uh, they go up early on Olu Oganwali's best passage of play all season uh, the best first touch I've ever seen him take. Uh, he gets around a guy, gets around another guy, squares it to, to Gianni Ferry, uh, who bundles it in from two yards out. Uh, but they can't hold on. Uh, whether it's them or the refs, doesn't remain to be seen. We know we know what it was. Uh, the first goal was there was an offside or the uh, uh, handling on the initial clearance. The second ball in uh, was offside, so uh, that changes the game. Instead of one-one, it's one-nil Michigan State. Still, you never know what happens. That being said, Jack Hallahan took over in that second half, uh, scored the second one, put it to bed, uh, and, and that was all she wrote for Michigan State. Yeah, that was a disappointing—the
1: first goal had to be a real disappointing way for them to lose the lead. Because in that first half, their five-at-the-back defensive system was working perfectly. There really wasn't like a clear opportunity for Michigan to equalize, even though they had, like I don't want to say a lot more of the ball, but it felt like they had the ball a lot more than Michigan State. So that one, that one goal lead was holding strong. They went into the second half, same system, same, same effect, really. And then like, you can miss a handball here and there. You can miss an offsides. You can't miss them back to back. Yeah, like that. I mean, that completely changed the game. Obviously, like you lose your lead, you kind of have to open up. And then the second goal, it's like it's hard to say it was Mister a mistake on anyone, but just with how rare that kind of goal happens. It's another one you have to feel real like hard done by it to happen. And my question for you, as a uh, the I am goalie, you are
0: <laughs>
1: how, how do you treat those free kicks? Like how how did you see uh,
0: that? That's just one of the. It, it's such a difficult one because for Hunter Morris, like it, you're damned if you come, you're damned if you stay. <laughs> It's so hard on those because that the way the way Hallahan whips it in and the way especially that one specifically was whipped in. It's one of those like if you come and somebody gets ahead on it before you get there, it's your fault. If you stay and no one gets ahead on it and it goes in like it does, it's your fault. So there's nothing you can do as as a keeper in those situations. I i and I don't think you should have came out. I don't because I don't think it was in, in an area where he can go confidently and claim it in a mess of bodies. Uh, I think it was a little too far out. Uh, when it bounced, the way it bounced too, it, it, it wasn't like a it, – it was kind of a weird bounce. Like, but It curled off the bounce. Right, and it bounced really high, I thought. It bounced
1: into the top corner. Yeah,
0: it, it goes like bar down off a of bounce. So for Hunter Morris, I, you can't really put that one on him, but I mean you can't really put it on anyone else. I don't know who gave the foul away, but I say if anyone you put it on, it's it's a person who gave the foul away. Um, but that one is just—it's so difficult. It's a lose-lose situation for a keeper, and I think the only way you can stop that from happening is if you do try to come out and just claim it and go in confidently as you can and and just try to get a fist on it.
1: Yeah, and the punch would have been real hard going up against like like I think with Tungu and Nielsen were closest to like when it got low. Yeah, and Michigan's so got go, some tall guys yeah, as and well. Yeah, it's kind of hard to go punch over all of them. And I know he can't go stand by You can't move for the far post assuming someone does get a hand on it.
0: Exactly, cuz if you do, then someone gets a head on it and they go front. You're yeah, lost. Yeah. No man's land. It's just a, such a difficult one. Um but I think just after that first goal winning for 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 Michigan State, I don't think they meant to sit back. And, and try to hold the lead for 70 minutes. But in the end of that first half it almost looked like that's what they were doing because and, and I'm not saying they were they were sitting back on purpose, but whether it was that that was the game plan, which I again, I don't think is the case or it was just Michigan started to get into the groove, uh, started to play better that the, the end of that first half, I think it did not bode well for Michigan State because you go up one nothing in Ann Arbor, you can't sit on that lead. You cannot sit on that lead just because Michigan has so many guys, whether it's uh, Zaki or Popovich or Hallahan or Umar Farouk Osman. So many guys that can just, or, or Derek Bro who scored um, on, what day was it? Sunday. Uh, you just can't sit on that lead. And I think when they went into the break up only one nothing, it was kind of one of those where, like, you think it might happen, but you wouldn't be surprised when Michigan came back. And that's exactly what they did. And I think, again, we just got to mention that first goal, it changes everything. Everything. And like we said, you just can't miss that if you're a referee. Um, and in the second half, they still had chances. Michigan State did. Uh, but they didn't put them away. And I think that's kind of – we were we were talking with um, SID, Kara Fisher, after the game, and we all agreed that that game was kind of microcosm of the season. Mm-hmm. It was, like, close. But not close enough. Close. And whether it was – unlucky things or referee decisions or bounces the wrong way just wasn't there
1: and the with that the big effect of not having Baroni all season you saw right. when they went down 2 one there just wasn't that big link between the midfield and the forward line and when they were chasing the game like they, they really needed that one it was kind of screwed the game was screaming for him
0: and there's been so many games this season have, that have just cried out for just having baroni that have just cried the whole out for season it. has just cried out for him yeah um but that's the case. They go down 2-1 in Ann Arbor, um, and the season's over like that. We'll recap the whole season in a couple minutes, but first, um, talking about the rest of the Big Ten, I think Michigan looks really dangerous, and I, I don't know how far they can go, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think we're going to see in the NCAA tournament. I think even just getting to the semifinal of the Big Ten tournament, and with the record they do, I think it's 10-4-4 now. I think Michigan State was something like that last year. Uh, because they finished at, I think it was fourteen five and four, so I think Michigan State was like, I don't know ten five and three or something like that. Um, but I I want to ask you how far do you think Michigan can go? Can they win the Big Ten tournament? Uh, if not, how far do they go in the NCAA tournament?
1: I think they can win the Big Ten tournament. It's hard to say they will be. Well, Indiana, who I'm gonna who I'm picking to go to the final in that Maryland side of the bracket. And it's hard to predict a tourney run. It is very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of Michigan's biggest games of the season. They
0: they didn't play the, too too I'll many guys out. The most notable the game 10.
1: was a uh, Washington where they lost two same right in that.
0: They lost to Western Michigan one nil as well. Mm-hmm. It was not one nil? They lost like to Western two Michigan. One, two one. Two one.
1: at home too. Man. But uh, West- I'm telling you, Western's West-
0: a sneaky team. They get into the tournament, they can go far.
1: Sneaky good. Michigan can make the Elite Eight, and then from there anything can happen. You think? I think. You think
0: Elite Eight is... Mm. Is it a reach? Or do you think it's realistic? I think it's possible, right in the middle. Okay. (laughs) Because, I mean, when we've watched them, they've looked darn good. But they've also have they have four losses.
1: That's the thing. It's like, for me, the, the recency bias. I've seen them twice to end the season. Right. They played three great halves out of four.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I mean, there's no better time to be hot than the end of the season. Yeah, and
1: that's, how, that's what really matters for them.
0: And that's how you go on runs. So that leads to the second question. Uh, you, you mentioned it. You'll, you think they'll see Indiana in the final.
1: I think I'd be surprised if they lost to Penn State. Even though, like, we also saw what Penn State could do against Michigan yeah. State.
0: Can anyone actually beat Indiana in the Big Ten?
1: I mean, Maryland did it in Indiana this year. They did. So
0: can they do it again?
1: I think it's going to be tough for them to do it again. I mean, I think even in like the Michigan Michigan State game, we saw how hard it is to beat a team twice. Till what happened in the second half happened. So I'm gonna take Indiana in that one, and I wouldn't be shocked if again Michigan still has to play Penn State. But if Michigan was to beat Indiana, I wouldn't be the most surprised.
0: Okay. Um. How far do you think Indiana goes in the tournament? Because they're ranked 14th in the country. So, according to whoever makes these, there's 13 better teams in the country than Indiana. And Penn State's actually one of them. Penn State's ranked number 12. So, how far do you think Indiana goes in the NCAA tournament? Because they'll make it. They're already in. Yeah. Um, Let me say Final Four. You think they're going to repeat? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Just because the Yeagley, oh, it's the Yeagley effect. Todd Yeagley right now and his, his dad before him, but it, the program is just so good, and it's in such a good spot. It, it's one of those like programs you're just envious of. They, they win double-digit games every year, and if they don't, it's a down year. And they win nine, it's a down year. And with
1: Maryland doing it last year, you know, I like the other Big Ten teams have a point to prove in this tourney. Yeah. Especially Indiana, considering it's kind of their conference.
0: And... Another question, the last one before we recap the entire uh, Michigan State season, Maryland's sitting at 10-6-2, nine regular season wins, do you think they're already in? If they lose on Friday to Indiana, do you think they're in after, just because they're Maryland? After last year, yeah,
1: there's no way they're not in.
0: Because last year was a year like this, too. They had nine wins before they got to the tournament, and they were seeded, and only the top 16 get seeded. And I was, that was before I knew just how good of a program yeah. Maryland was. And how they gave up zero goals in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, so you put last season, <laughs> you put that with uh, this season, and they're definitely in. Unless they lose to Indiana, like, 4-0, and
0: even I then. I honestly think even then they'd be in. Like, and Everyone else in the country would Just have Just because it's impress. Maryland. Yeah. Sasha Swarovski. It's that that effect. Okay, so back to Michigan State. Uh, the story this season, of course, was injuries. Uh, and it was also close games, and one-goal losses. And I just wanted to go through the schedule and look at all the points possibly that could have been picked up uh, or that were dropped just because of how close games were. And we'll start right at the beginning. First game of the season, Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. And if you haven't heard that name before, understandable, but realize this is not a bad soccer team, like, they're pretty darn good every year. They play Akron every year, and they don't always lose to them. Uh, Kale Wasserman, who was Damon Renting's assistant last year, went there. First game of the season, 0-0 tie. Uh, one where Fry misses a PK in overtime. Two points dropped already. That should be a win, no question. Florida Gulf Coast, the next one. A 1-1 tie. Uh, this is a Florida Gulf, team, go, go, Florida Gulf Coast team that... Uh, two days b- before that, beat Michigan. In a thriller. So, as much as I'd like to say, watching that game and calling that game, they should have won. But I don't think that's two points dropped.
1: The Florida golf game? Yeah. Yeah, that was...
0: Even though it's funny. at home, I think a win is, is hoped for, a tie is expected.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. It, that was an interesting game, too. There's like two penalties and with two minutes left for
0: HTM. Right. Um... The next one, Washington. One-nil loss. I don't think you can complain about that one. They were never in that one. They were never going to win that you, one. You kind of had to feel
1: good only losing that one by one. Well, right.
0: And we didn't know how good Washington was at that yeah. point yet, which was crazy. Uh, they're number 10 right now. They've only lost three games uh, total. Only one on the road. So it wasn't like you were like, going to beat them. That's, that's a darn good team, Washington. they
1: scored three goals in five minutes. Two of them were offsides before they actually, yes. before they actually took the lead.
0: I remember that. They were peppering Peppering Hunter Morris. And that was, I think he, Hunter Morris had like eight saves in that one, too.
1: Yeah, that was his season high for a yeah. while.
0: So I don't think you can comp- complain about that one. The next one, the next two, the next three, maybe the next four. uh <laughs> I,
1: The rest of the non conference.
0: Of course, are all one goal losses 2 1, 2 1, 1 0, 1 0. First one, 2 1 against Cornell. Yes, this was a Cornell team that brought back like 12 senior or 12 what am i saying that had 12 seniors on their team something like that 12 super seniors. it was a, it was a it was a large number that they brought it was yeah it was like their that's this is what it was i figured it out i remember it was their 12 highest like point getters from the previous season so i think it was everyone that scored a point yeah. in the previous season was back uh they lost this one in ot again game wise one they should not lose on paper one they should not lose uh, not even one that they should tie honestly and they had to salvage uh, an overtime loss. Uh, all all game goes and scores, and then they lose in overtime. But one of these ones where it should have been a win. The goal was the brightest moment of the non-conference, though. Yes, it I worked. agree. It, it was the, the prettiest passage of play we had seen to that point in the season. But it, and if you're out there and you're saying, like, these are non-conference games, they don't matter. This is how you build a resume to get into the NCAA tournament. You're not winning the Big Ten every year. You're not going to. It's so difficult. Especially with Penn State now, you have four other teams that can literally win any season. Indiana, Maryland, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Those are the five that on any given year can win. So you've got to build a, a, a resume outside a conference. The next one, Dartmouth, 2-1. Can't say I watched this one because I think it, I think it was, a, it, was, it was a football game day. And so I was working that and I was trying to watch this while D'Antonio was talking about. <laughs> Maybe a loss? Probably not. Maybe not that early it was in the season.
1: early in the season, yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe a win. Um, but 2-1 to Dartmouth, I, I realize Dartmouth Dartmouth's a good team and and I think they played Wake Forest pretty evenly right before that. Still, on the road, I think you I think you still got to pick up a point from that. Pick up a tie. The next one, Western Michigan. I've been talking about Western Michigan for the last couple weeks. They're a sneaky good team. You still can't lose at home to Western Michigan. It was the it was like what was the overall record in this game, like the the head to head? Wasn't it like thirty seven and four or something like that? That might have been. It was we- the first win in like twenty years. That might have
1: been Western's like second win. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the graphic.
0: It was it was not that it was a uh, one of their first couple wins against Michigan State. <clears throat> Excuse me, and and definitely one of the first ones at Michigan State. Because they celebrated that like they got into the tournament. Yeah. W- <laughs> and you know what? That That's a tournament building win. There
1: was a the big last second no call in the box on the obvious yes. end ball, but it's
0: which is why I I advocate for VAR and if you're gonna have it because yeah, they have it for— they do have replay they have it for but it's only for reviewing like um, goal scoring mm-hmm. if you have it why not use it to its full capacity that's a that's a topic for another week but maybe next year but yeah that was the one where. You never know what happens after that because you think they score the penalty? Probably. Stering Brick had scored one earlier. Um, and they go to overtime. Who knows whether they win it or not? But it wasn't their best game. Go up until yeah, that point. No. Western was kind of it's one of those like where you shouldn't have to rely on the referee yeah. to keep you in it. But uh the next one, Notre Dame, one-nothing loss. Another one on paper. Doesn't look horrible. Um on, on the field, they should have won it. At least tied. Uh, Notre Dame's goal came off kind of a hunter Morse mistake um on a long throw uh i I think if you get a tie against Notre Dame at home that's acceptable, even though it's Michigan State and you, you should be hoping to get a win out of that. yeah I think a draw would, against Notre Dame would have helped a bit uh, and then we move into <laughs> well, I say we move into conference, but there's still two non-conference yeah. games to go because and I think that's something that's got to change next year. Would you agree? gotta get these non-conference games out of the way so you can have just not just conference games to end the year yeah it's just such a it's, weird dynamic yeah no it's when you have to go kind of
1: adds up to them taking it out i guess the akron game being in the mid, midst of it is okay but like that oakland game needs to be yeah at the, the beginning. second one the oakland game needs to be at the beginning of the just
0: season. the fact like the way you have to like change your mindset to play a, a non-conference game in the middle of this horrendous big 10 stretch
1: like a four game of what road trip
0: or road Three-game road trip shouldn't start out of conference. Yeah. Uh, In conference, though, (laughs) they go to Rutgers, and Rutgers was ranked, but they shouldn't have been because anybody that knows Rutgers knows they should not be ranked. Um, But they were undefeated to this point. They go and they spank Rutgers 3-0 on the road, get their first win of the season. Uh, It was wonderful. Everyone in East Lansing was rejoicing. Uh, And then they come home a couple days later, and um, I didn't watch this one. You were there. Yes. But they get pummeled by Penn State three 0 Looking back, doesn't look doesn't look horrendous. I mean, that, At that point, though, we were like, "What just happened?"
1: It was a lot like the Washington game. Watching it, just like
0: Penn State was outplaying them, and just, Penn State's goals were onside. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> just just
1: give them the two onside goals, and that's really how it was looking. And and that was like the last game before Nielsen got like the starting spot back permanently, and it showed. The the defense could only hold it on without him for so long. But I mean yeah, they they lost that game, didn't they lost that game convincingly. Can't really flip the result.
0: And then they go to Wisconsin and and you think this is when I thought there was a spark in this team. Uh they go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not a great team, but it's still difficult to play on the road in the Big Ten no matter what. And they win two one uh in overtime on Michael Miller's famous uh goal straight from the corner. And this is where I thought this team was gonna turn around and turn it on and, and rattle off a couple of wins. And I know that the games they had next, Maryland-Akron, are, are you know, two college cup teams from last year. I just thought, though, there's something about getting pummeled at home and then going on the road and winning a, a tough one in overtime. I thought it was going to switch around. And it kind of did. The Maryland, I, I thought the Maryland performance was good. Um, it was in horrendous rain, and it was, it was torrential downpour, so they, they called it after 90 minutes. But a 1-1 draw against the defending national champs, even at home, I don't think that's a bad result at all.
1: No, oh, that was a great result. Watching that game, there was a Maryland had a few chances you didn't know how they missed going down the stretch, especially when like the weather really started getting bad. But no, the ties a good result. Not going to overtime might have benefited them a little just the way that second half ended. Yeah. Maryland had all the momentum going into that. Agreed. If they would have played an extra 10 to 20.
0: And then they go on the road and, and lose to Maryland again, one, once again a game they really never Akron. looked like they were going to <laughs> uh, <laughs> go on the road to Akron. Uh, it, it's early in the morning, dude. It is. <laughs> uh, so they go on the road, lose 2 nothing to Akron, never looked like they were in it once again. Come back home, and they beat Ohio State 3-1 in their best performance of the season to that point. This just this run just typified the the season they were having. Like, you never know what you're going to get. And this Ohio State game could have been 5-6-1, too. It was one of those ones where, like, they, just, they this was when we, uh, I don't know, was one of our episodes was after this. And I was just like, they just look like they're having fun again. And they did. Yeah. And, and then they rattled off four losses.
1: And that put them to, like, was it third or second in the conference? It was second. It was theirs It's like everything was looking great for them at yes. that time. And then the end of the season
0: happens. <laughs> well, and then I don't even want to talk about Oakland because that game yeah. should not be where it is. But they lose one nothing. Oakland What's lose that? a heartbreaker to Northwestern on the road. Last second, another long throw. Um, and like I said, it's difficult to win on the road in the Big Ten. We got to get a result from that one.
1: And just those type of set piece goals that just like kind of been haunting them all season.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they go on the road to Michigan we recapped that one they lose 2-0 and then one of their better performances of the season 2 against Indiana they still lose one nothing on a p- on a penalty kick um but a loss is a loss and they had to go visit Michigan um
1: i guess for the team cuz like there can't be a lot of reg- not necessarily regret but critiques of the performance against Michigan I guess the biggest issue would be that they had to go back to Michigan in that first round instead of either getting the fifth seed or hosting a game. Right? Had they ended? Had they carried that Ohio State momentum? Because that's who knows what happens if that game's in East Lansing.
0: Yeah. Or if they're just playing someone else. Right. Especially the run they went on last year. But instead, they go to Michigan, they lose. Season's over. So that's the recap. Here is my favorite part of today, what we're going to do today. We're going to do some way-too-early predictions for next year. We're going to go everything, everything you could think of. Overall record, Big Ten record, where they finish in the Big Ten, if they win the tourney, how far they go in the NCAA tourney, if they make it at all.
1: Just check to see if the 2020 schedule is out yet. It's
0: not. Nah. I want top scorer, too. you got to give me a top scorer, Adam. Top scorer. I'll go first. I'll take some weight off your shoulders. Um, This is a team where – and. Big prediction, I think Giuseppe Brony comes back next year. I think he foregoes MLS, he gets healthy, shows us, again, what he can do. Uh, has a Big Ten Player of the Year caliber-type season, uh, and I think that's huge. Uh, Patrick Nielsen comes back as well. Uh, he and Woodruff, I think, will be the center back pairing next year. Maybe Nick Stone. I don't know if they'll yes. play this, this five in the back again, but who knows. Uh, here's my prediction. How many games did they play? Is it 17? Something like that? Yeah, 3-12-3. 3-12-3. Okay. Yeah. 18-18. Well, in the regular season. In the regular season, it'll be 17, because one of those losses was in the tourney.
1: Oh, um, okay, okay.
0: 17, okay. Um, I think it's a bounce-back year. I don't think it's a Big Ten winning year. I don't think it's a Big Ten tournament winning year. Uh, But I think they do enough to get into the NCAA tourney. So I'm going to go uh I'm gonna go 10 10 wins five losses two draws uh, I think they make it to the big Ten tournament final actually I gotta I gotta get the big ten record um I think they are the three seed three seed in the big ten they'll finish third I think Penn State wins the regular season big ten followed closely by Indiana so we'll go um I'll say five five wins two losses. And a draw in the Big Ten. They finish third. They make it to the final on the opposite side of the... Br- oh, they can't do that. They'd play Indiana in the semi. Mm. You know what? They beat Indiana in the semi. And they and then they lose to Penn State in the final. Make the NCAA tournament and get to the Sweet 16. And I think that'll be a good year for them. Yeah. Get to the Sweet 16 in the tourney. Lose to somebody like, uh, I don't know, Virginia or Washington or, or Stanford or something like that. Um, but I think that'd be a good year for him. I think the top scorer is Johnny Ferry with eight goals. Your turn. All right.
1: So okay, seventeen games. It is a bounce back year for them, and I do think Baroni comes back, on well, off that forty five minute season.
0: Also, I I I want to make a bold prediction and say Aljheim has more assists than Baroni next year.
1: Very close, like nine and eight, something That's like that. Bold. I was gonna. is my top scorer for my mm, prediction. I love that hat. And that's kind of like the, it wasn't an injury quite, but that's the absence of the season. I feel like we really. Uh, Overlooked? Yeah, we didn't point out often. Right. And he was kind of, to me, the highlight of the of the non-conference play. He was the best player to me in the SIUE game. Great. I always have to double take that acronym. <laughs> he scored the goal against Cornell. And then, yeah, he just couldn't be with the team for a while. Kid's got to be a special player, though. Yeah, so I think. It's going to be a bright season for him, assuming everything's good health-wise. So yeah, going out of order. He'll be top scorer. Baroni will be team MVP. If he gets top scorer and out assist Barone, that's going to be one heck of a season. <laughs> that will be
0: one heck of a season.
1: But I'm going to go undefeated in the non-conference. Don't know exactly how many, well if it's 17 games. eight Undefeated nine games in the non-conference. I like third in the Big Ten. I think I'm with that one too. Five win did you say five wins once draw and two losses?
0: No. Yes, yes, that's yeah. Yo, yeah. yes, yes, that's what I said. You can say it too. It's okay. You can say it too.
1: Okay, so five wins, they don't beat Maryland, Penn, and Indiana. They're gonna lose at Penn State. They're gonna tie ah they have to go to Indiana to tie. And Maryland,
0: and that'll be one of Indiana's probably gonna be the last last day of the season again because it was the last two years.
1: Okay, they'll they'll tie one of them and lose the other, so five one and two. Um, well, okay, five two and one. I was going off my European five
0: wins, two losses, one draw. Yeah. Okay. It's
1: going off European, uh,
0: and then Big Ten tournament.
1: Big Ten tourney.
0: They're gonna win it. Wow, that's bold. So if they win it, they they get an automatic bid. Do you think they're seeded? Yeah, yeah. An attorney?
1: Yeah, the, like top sixteen. Right. The resume I just gave, I feel like sh- yeah should.
0: And then how far they go? Hmm. National championship <laughs>
1: title. <laughs> that no, being it's, it's uh. I think we're gonna have to say elite eight again. Nah, elite eight, sweet sixteen.
0: Okay. All right. Are those your all all your predictions? What am I missing? I think, I think you're good. I think you got it. Yeah. I think you got them all.
1: I think give this back line a full season together. You lose with Tungu. But Agreed. You kind of got prepped for that with a shoulder injury to end the season.
0: And I think a back line of Woodruff, Nielsen, Stone. It, I don't know if Colton Stanley comes in and plays next year, but, I mean, Alex Sharenberg out wide was good. I think if he comes inside and plays center mid, he could be dangerous too. I think uh, David Rensin's going to have some trouble selecting next year. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, we're going to
1: see a lot of probably different lineups in the non conference to start the year.
0: In more depth, hopefully, if they don't get injured. That'd be unfortunate. Um, We asked uh, Damon Rensing uh, after the Michigan game just like what he said to these seniors that are leaving. And uh, here is what he said. So, what I talked, we talked a lot about some life lessons. Um, Obviously, for all kinds of different reasons, the season didn't go the way we wanted. Um, but that's how life is, you know, life just doesn't roll out and give you what you want anytime you want it. And so, you know, for us, I talked about this, this will make these 26 players stronger people. Uh, it'll make them stronger soccer players. And I thought that our seniors, Pim, Letts, Cody, Giuseppe, even though he didn't get a chance to play, I thought they for four years have represented, you know, this program this athletic department, this university, with class and dignity, and we're extremely proud of them. And they'll be successful in life and whatever their endeavors are because of, of who they are. I think that's a good message um, because season hasn't go hasn't gone how they've wanted. Um, and I think that's difficult for these seniors, especially because the run they made last year, the runs they've made in their in their four years. And it's just one of those things where it just didn't go right this season.
1: Yeah, you never want to go out, like, not, not on top, obviously, but just, like, so down from where you were. Yeah, like, a year before, a year or two before.
0: So, so the seniors will move on. You yeah. move on. Uh, not happily. Uh, like I said, I think Brony's coming back. I think. Who knows? He could be off to the, to the MLS draft. I th- but I think we'll find out pretty soon. Cause the draft's what? In January, February? Something. Sometime around there. Um, but that's it for Michigan State soccer this year. Shame it was only four episodes for us. Yeah. It's unlucky. If we had started it this time last year, we still would have had a whole month. Because, yeah. I mean, they didn't finish until December. we would have a whole playoff run. It'll be fun watching, though, this year. I think as much as I, I would have loved to, to go cover them in the tournament, it'll be nice kind of just to sit back and watch. Cause I love watching college soccer, especially the good teams.
1: Yeah, I, was, I was holding off on our trip to Florida to cover or California to cover the Final Four.
0: <sighs> it won't happen this year.
1: <sighs> we'll get it next year. We'll get it before we graduate. If you
0: mm-hmm. had to uh, predict who wins it all, who do you think wins it all
1: this year? Yeah. Uh, Washington. Do, do you want?
0: You think Washington? Yes.
1: Yeah. But I also haven't seen like I haven't watched the teams ranked ahead of them.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of hard just for me to go off that. Well, but. there's only one team left in the country that's undefeated, and it's Missouri State. Nah, don't give me them Out of the Missouri Valley Conference Not feeling them No? Nah They're, they're kind of like a, a St. Mary's from last year Who went undefeated and then lost And I think the Elite Eight or something St. Mary's only one loss this year Dangerous team Dangerous team If I had to predict the team that wins I'd say Georgetown Georgetown They're ranked number two right now They're 14-1-2 They got to the Sweet 16 last year Got knocked out by single-handedly by Michael Miller's wonder strike from 30 yards out I think, I think they win it. Georgetown. Bounce
1: back. After that was my chance.
0: Yeah. And you never know. I mean, Stanford's good year in and year out. So wouldn't be surprised if they make it too. I'm going with the Pac 12. Okay. Stanford, it is then. All right. Let's move into a little bit of uh, European action to ra- ra- wrap up some of the games we reviewed last week. And the, the biggest one was City Liverpool. um, And it was kind of anticlimactic. What was the final? 2 0? Three <laughs> one. Jeez, I'm telling you, it's early. Three one. Anti an anticlimactic three one. Um, and not complaining though. Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. let you talk about this one more because Liverpool is your side, and, and and it was it was a wonderful result. Not eight points clear now of Leicester. Yeah,
1: nine points of City
0: and eight City's points clear fourth? of Leicester. No. Um, I think the title race is over. And the biggest thing in this one was, yes, this City lineup was not. <laughs> City's so so we always talk about City's depth and everything, but this lineup was not good. The team they put out there, I don't think, was good. And on the on the pitch, there were stretches where City did not look like City and City looked bad. Turn yep. it over to you now.
1: Liverpool just had them. City just didn't look like they had an answer for Liverpool for long no, stretches of the don't. game. No, they don't,
0: and it was weird because this is something with the last year. These are two sides that were on the same echelon, I think. Yeah. On and uh, uh, and now, Liverpool is just ahead above everyone. It's I don't think it's head and shoulders yet, but I think they're just ahead above everyone because there was such a difference of in class of this game. I think as much I, don't, I wouldn't call it an era because it hasn't been that long, but we're seeing the end of this era where City is. They just dominate everyone and they can keep up with Liverpool.
1: Yeah, and after, because, and people thought Liverpool overachieved last year and like that was their one chance to kind of knock off City and prevent them from starting a dynasty. And I think it's wild to me how in the summer it was like the best three teams in England are Man City, Liverpool, and Man City's B team. And then an injury or two completely derailed their season.
0: Yeah, and their B team now can't, it, it doesn't look good. I mean, like
1: the two players they had to pull up, like, the Laporte injury is obviously bad. I mean, Fernandinho, who I've never been that big of a fan of, just he's not a center back. It doesn't really work back there.
0: Yeah. How can you not be a fan of I, – I don't like City, and I like Fernandinho. It's not like I have something
1: personal against him. He's not like that polarizing of a player. Just I always felt like he overachieved at City. Okay. And then I would see him at Brazil, like in that World Cup game against uh, Belgium, and he kind of cost them it. Like He did cost them it. I'm pretty sure it was an own goal, and he got dribbled past by Lukaku. <laughs> the worst two things you could have in a World Cup quarterfinal. But, I mean, City looked good for like five minutes. And then uh, just the F- Fabinho goal, one of the goals of the season. Yeah. Another stressful one because of VAR, but I don't think it was a penalty considering it went off Bernardo's hand. And then the Salah one a few minutes later, it was just. It's kind of done deal early. Like. I don't. City should have scored more than they did, and it kind of like. They had chances, especially off set pieces. Like I don't know how Aguero and Sterling missed a few of those. Aguero in generally general just couldn't score, and that's he just, can't that's score just, at Anfield. That's just his career score story at Anfield. Never I, scored. I predicted him to score, and just kind of forgot about that whole aspect. But and I think another thing with City, what a lot of people didn't think would be a big injury for them in the summer is when Sane got injured. Yeah, because really con- is. Considering Trent isn't the best defender, he's just a, a great player. Sané always does good against Liverpool. And like Bernardo was having a hard time getting in that game. Sterling, Sterling was good, not great. So I think that's a real game-changer. They've been missing kind of all season. But on Liverpool side of things, it was great. They finally... They played city like they did in 2017-18, not like they did last year. Kind of took it to them, played their style, didn't adjust for them. Fabinho Wijnaldum and the much talked about on the show Jordan Henderson all had great games. Salah and Mane each scored. Lovren put in a good performance. So that's how you know it was just a great game for Liverpool and City really had no business No getting it, no business getting into this game.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I, it, was, it was weird because like I like I said before, this is just a city Liverpool game that we hadn't seen recently. It was just so weird to watch.
1: Yeah, you gotta go back to like that 3 0 in the Champions League to like the look the one that was like it. Since then, I mean City's won a few. There was the a few draws. There wasn't a blowout. And like 3 1 isn't on paper, but I mean they scored like the 78th minute to bring it back to 3 1. It felt like one. It was kind of obvious who was winning the whole way through. And I do think the title race is over. And I remember when I... Because I wrote the whole, if Liverpool wins their next four games, they're going to win the title thing. It was United, Villa... United, Spurs, Villa, and City. I never thought City would be the easiest of the four games. (laughs) That's true. And it was by score. Or
0: the loss or the the draw would be to Man U.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Both. I I thought it would be the opposite order. I thought United would be the easiest game. City would city would be the one they kind of fought to not necess- to not lose right but I guess that was Villa was the hardest of the bunch <laughs> even though they ended up winning that one United was the tie Spurs game I missed and then this was just the perfect game for them
0: so my question to you is nine points behind and it's not even Christmas does city turn their complete focus to Champions League
1: yeah like they're still gonna have like great Premier League lineups because of that depth but if you have to pick between one or two of them in February well, if, round of 16 you should be able to win regardless. But like when they get to those harder rounds they have to turn their complete attention to the Champions League.
0: Can they can they do it? Can they win Champions League? Uh
1: they, they can, obviously I mean they can. But Pep's
0: cursed since he's left he Barca is. in the Champions League. And I hope they, it w-
1: continues. I mean, yeah, I no, going to Bayern it ended, right. Bayern it just stayed bad. City it's been bad. Especially considering with City, they keep getting knocked out by English teams when they win the Premier League. <laughs> That's true. So it's like
0: you can beat them in England, or you know, in England, but not in Europe, so to speak. Sounds odd, but let's move to another three-one scoreline. Uh, we were neither of us were able to watch this one because we were covering Michigan Michigan State. But MLS Cup, Seattle Sounders win three-one. Uh, the third Toronto Seattle matchup in the last four years. Um, goals from Kelvin Leardham. Victor Rodriguez, Raul Rui-Diaz to Toronto's lone Josie Altador, 93rd-minute score. Uh, and that's the difference. So, I mean, we can't really sit here and analyze the game too much because uh, we you know, I don't know if you watched highlights. I watched last night. Um, But I think it was the expected outcome. We both said, like, you know, Toronto fires out. They're done. Shouldn't um, be here. It, here. Here's my question now is... We think of the powerhouses in MLS And New York Red Bulls are good every year um, Even though they've only been around for two years LAFC I think is the Best team in the MLS But we're, we're in this This stretch now where Seattle's been to three finals In four years Would you consider this Seattle team Like a dynasty? I'm thinking as we think of the NFL Patriots get to the Super Bowl Or get to you know far in the playoffs every year mm-hmm. Seattle's doing the same thing
1: Dynasty. I feel like you have to be a little longer than four years, but I mean, two championships in four years is kind of as good as you can get. Yeah. So if there if there was an MLS dynasty, it would really be them. And just they're oh yeah they're always in the mix in the playoffs. And you were saying it before it started. I feel like they're always in that champ the. What's the word I'm looking for? The playoffs. Yeah no the champ the Western
0: oh uh, the Western Conference Finals. the Western Conference final yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: if they went with championship game or finals. Yeah. But no, they're always there. It's either them or Portland, I feel like.
0: And I feel and like we still overlook them.
1: Yeah. Every year. Because they're never the best team. Yes. They're, the, they're like the second best team every single season. Right. So they never and, get that hype. Yeah, and then, I mean, three of the four, and made they And they still to the make finals. it work. Yeah.
0: And I think Brian Schmetzer, Damian Rensing said it last week, but he's done a wonderful job. Yeah. And I wouldn't be as surprised if we see him again next year. Probably in the Western Conference Finals, maybe yes. in the final. Probably again. a
1: rematch of this year's against
0: LAFC in Bank of California. That would be fun. That'd be really fun to watch. Um so I we don't want to get too much into that one, but we'll move it along. Uh and we're gonna get a little sad. Dirk Klassiker. Um Adam was optimistic, and that optimism proved what's the word? Faulty.
1: Futile.
0: Futile. Yes. Futile optimism. Um, Do you even want to talk about it?
1: I suppose I have to. Do you want to get it off
0: your chest? I'll have to. Okay. I'll let you talk about it.
1: So everyone I praised the last week decided to have a bad game. Brant couldn't get
0: involved. It's because you praised him. You know that?
1: Should have gave them something to play for, criticized them going into the game. I keep... Hakimi was falling asleep on defense. Royce came off the bench, so it was hard to really talk about him. Paco missed a sitter off the bench when we were still down 2-0. Really could have brought us back in. Sancho came out early. Thorgan didn't do so good. And I... Like, last year, I could understand it. Even though, like, we were better at the time. We were top of the table. Because they adjusted their whole lineup to play Bayern. This year, they didn't. Like... They even had Goatza in the false nine, without how unreliable he could be at times, and I assume the streak would end because like I feel like it just has to like you can't get blown out there every single year, but it just it doesn't need to end. It's just gonna keep going. Like <laughs> City hasn't won at Anfield since two thousand and three, and Dortmund just not gonna win in the league at the uh, in the Alliance. Like, you know those streaks do go on for a while, I guess, and. I won't get too pessimistic. Well, no, I mean, I was depressed. But I won't get, I won't vocalize it too much. I'll go to praise. Okay, Lewandowski to me needs to be unanimously unanimously considered the best striker in the world. He, I, think I think he think is. He, I think he is by now. It's sad that
0: anyone can argue that. You looked at the stretches that he scored in what, like 13 straight games?
1: It's 16 goals in 11 league games and then six goals in four Champions League games. Go in, The Super Cup where Dortmund won 2-0 was the, by, for Bayern's first game of the season. He scored in every single one since.
0: And, and, and this is kind of off topic, and I don't want to push you too far away from that game, but I think the best striker in the world right behind him is Eric Holland.
1: You know, I'm a fan of Holland. I can't wait for him to make his big money move. I hope it's in January.
0: And I hope it's not to another German team.
1: <laughs> I'll get to that one in a sec, actually.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry for taking you off. Oh, no, uh, but...
1: <laughs> But uh,
0: you are gonna get to that. I I see it. I see it. I see it now.
1: Like, because Bayern's won seven Bundesligas in a row, so people kind of just staple them as the best team, which they have been for a majority of it. But I think Lewandowski single handedly won them two leagues, maybe a third. You go last year's, if you take if you put any other striker on Bayern, Dortmund wins the Bundesliga. The 2015 16 season, I think you can say the same thing. You put any other striker on them, Dortmund wins the Bundesliga, and then the year after that. I don't know how close Leipzig completes with, competes with Bayern if Lewandowski's in there to save them in every single game. Yep. And I don't know how he just hasn't gotten, like, he's finally getting considered, like, again, unanimously best striker in the world.
0: I think I think one part of it is, and I don't know how much you'll like this comment, but I think it's because he plays in Germany.
1: Yeah, and that's, uh, shamefully, what it ha- is. People don't really watch it. It's like you'll say Lewandowski's goal-telling, and they're like, oh, he plays in the Bundesliga. Like, this guy will have 15 more goals than Kane in a season. So, okay, well, Kane plays in England. Suarez plays with Messi. But going off of best striker, I think it just needs to be considered one of the best players in the world now. Like, the carrying job he does with Bayern, I think there's Messi's value to Barca, Van Dijk's value to Liverpool, and there's, like, low ease to... I agree. Low to Bayern. I agree. Hopefully, Ronaldo's to Juve picks it back up, but another day. And on the other hand, Dortmund just doesn't have that striker. <laughs> and they recently said they want to get one in January. So I have a few options. Some more realistic than others. Some ambitious play style-wise. Werner's the guy I've always wanted to go to Dortmund. In fact, since I've got my laptop, the password has been Werner come to Dortmund, <laughs> And I've played. I've always had to make sure to do my... Uh... you got to change it now. <laughs> I'm not too concerned. <laughs> I'll make it Havertz come but uh, you know I always try to visualize him in there I see him playing with Royce with Germany I need that one to happen it was looking good in the summer well it was looking good that he would leave in the summer Yeah, because it was like the last year of his contract but he signed an extension and I think Leipzig has more money than Dortmund so we can't really buy, buy him we can't really tempt him that way and I don't think Leipzig the Leipzig players have to think they're competing for a title so I don't really see him leaving and they're back in Champions League on top of their group too. So I'm not going to get too optimistic about that one. But Havertz, who I was hyping up in one of the practice runs, he he's there to be converted into a striker. He's still a midfielder. He had 17 goals last year. He led Leverkusen. He was like the highest scoring teenager ever. I think he was fourth overall in the league. You know, get him, put him in front of Royce let them do their thing, he already, he, I mean, he has a great season under his belt with Brant, so the chemistry's there, and I think he wants to leave Leverkusen, I think he's starting to, he's getting that ego that he's too big for them, especially with how they've been doing in Champions League and everything, like, I think he wants out, we're still kind of second fiddle to Bayern if he was to leave within the league, but you know, there's, I think that one's actually kind of realistic. Dortmund says they need a striker. A few months ago, Dortmund said they uh, they wanted Havertz. Royce said he was recruiting Havertz. Hopefully. Hopefully.
0: I think it could happen. I don't I th- see why not.
1: And then the third one, the man we just talked about. I mean, Holland's in the Australian, uh, Austrian Bundesliga with RV R- R- Salzburg. And they're not going to be staying in the Champions League.
0: I don't think it's out of the picture that he comes... The Dortmund.
1: I never thought about it until ju- until you said his name, but I mean, if it could happen, because you know, I'm I'm hoping he wouldn't want to risk like the big money move to you know a club where he's gonna have to fight for time.
0: What example? Like, look what at what clubs y- he's gonna have to fight for time though. I mean, like you look. I at... I realize he's young and maybe not proven because he plays in Austria, but kid's nuts.
1: Yeah, I do. I think he that. even
0: starts at Barca. Mm.
1: Hey, I mean Suarez. I sucks. think he
0: starts at Real Madrid. Suarez doesn't. <laughs> okay, rel- we're not even. We're, rel- I'm, relatively. I'm, to I'm where not he's acknowledging game. that comment because look, we'll get way off track.
1: No, but uh, I'm just
0: gonna pretend you never said that, <laughs> and, and we'll talk about Suarez it another week. No, stop, stop, stop.
1: Madrid's a no, no, one.
0: no, no. Okay, out of the mind. I think he starts at Madrid. I don't think he starts at Barca.
1: Well, Madrid's a tough one because I mean, as critical as I've been of Benzema, in, like the last few years, like he's really kind. Of, he's lighting up his form, and they still he's have, good. and they have, yeah. and they signed Jovic this summer, who's having a hard time getting in yeah, the lineup. I Haven't heard his name. And you factor in that Benzema is like Zidane's adopted son. It, it, Zidane, and unless they get a new coach, and I'm not saying he should be benched by any means, but I think with a coach that loves him, he could even he can afford a bad run of play to keep his spot like he had in 2017 and 18, but
0: And Hazard's not going to get dropped.
1: Yeah, obviously. And he's not going to play winger. And I don't think... Madrid's played a 4-3-3 like every... A 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 since I've started watching. So I can't see them going to two strikers. Barca will just say it's possible, but I just don't see them making the move. City has Aguero and Jesus. Liverpool aren't going to move on from Firmino.
0: You know, it did. You know, it did.
1: You know, he's he apparently he's Ole's boy from, like, wherever he came from. I'm and surprised. Yeah, but, I mean, they have the cash to do it. They do. I don't think
0: he'd want to put himself in that situation. Well, I wouldn't. I don't want to play for a mid-table side in the Premier League. <laughs> uh, okay. You know,
1: I've been thinking Spurs need a refresh. Maybe move on from Harry Kane. Who are they going to drop?
0: You have to move so many pieces around to put in another striker?
1: No, yeah, it would be Harry Kane. Now, I'm not saying they should, but. I think they need a refresh
0: without moving on from Potch. I think Jarrett Mackey would attack you right now. Jared, if you're watching, Adam thinks you should drop Harry Kane. All right, we'll, we'll move on. Don't say, you know, Adam. Adam's not, takes this not, morning not, are just not, horrendous. You can't say it so straightforwardly Goodness. like that. Hold well, it. if he wants context, he's going to have to listen to the Martin download.
1: He'll have to ask me. I'll tell him on Monday.
0: International break. It's going on right now. We got some games oh, today. Okay. Tomorrow,
1: the next day. Figured I'll just say this real quick. I just looked at my phone, first notification. Sancho wants Dortmund to exit. So who knows where that goes.
0: Uh, <laughs> but you know, they, Goodness.
1: <laughs> you know, England we loves. We have raw uh,
0: emotions here, dude.
1: <laughs> God. England loves making up their Sancho stuff. It was like the day after the window. United interested in Sancho signing. They're going to make it happen. After the window. It was like September 3rd.
0: Okay. All right. A uh, couple games. I just want to, I want you to j- just give me your predictions. Who wins? Uh, first one, I think an underrated matchup. These are two darn good teams. Turkey-Iceland today, 12 p.m. Uh, I think Turkey's home.
1: Let's go 1-1. Uh, China-Hanlu goal and Sigurdsson goal. Okay. Just because those are...
0: Do you think both those teams make the Euro 2020?
1: Uh, What's the rest of their group?
0: Uh, let's look.
1: And that's a very optimistic right now. Con- prediction considering they're both midfielders, but
0: who knows? That's true. Um, Turkey is first in their group right now, above France and Iceland. Oh, shoot! Keep in so mind that I'm some of rem- the third place teams yeah, make I'm it. I'm trying
1: to remember the format because it's kind of confusing with the Nations League and the fact that there's just so many right. teams.
0: Um, and I think,
1: but I mean, it's going to be a fight. Turkey? I think
0: the last couple of years, it's been the, the the two or three highest point getting three place third place teams. Oh, and okay. right now, Iceland's on 15, which is pretty high for a third place team. Turkey makes it. They already
1: beat France. Yeah. They might not necessarily make it over them in the standings, but... For Iceland, it's going to be a fight. This is, I mean, a pretty big game for them. Yeah, They're gonna, huge. They can't really huge. lose it.
0: Six-pointer. Yeah.
1: So I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to go... 1-1? Tra-
0: 1-1, one, one.
1: One, one, Turkey winning is more likely.
0: Okay. but Brazil-Argentina. This is a huge one. Um, Brazil currently sits in first 10 points. In front of second place, Uruguay. Okay, it's a qualifier. Thirteen points against Argent- uh, over Argentina. I think so. Yes? No? Maybe?
1: I, I just didn't know if they started or not. Uh. Well, I mean, Brazil's better. I don't know who's going to play for Argentina, considering it's a different front line every game. That's true. But, and I don't, I don't know who's going to play for Brazil either. Honestly, I'm trying to remember the squads. But I'll take Brazil.
0: Okay. Score. Uh, two one. Okay, next one: Russia, Belgium. Two teams that are in Scotland's group. Uh, I don't even want to talk about Scotland's world or for a Euro sp- qualifying. For a split
1: second, I was like, nope. Wait, why Scotland? The man, the teams that makes the group. Then I remember.
0: Um, all I need to say is Scotland is behind Cyprus right now, and they're hardly in front of Kazakhstan. And the only team they've beaten convincingly is San Marino. All I'm gonna say. Uh, but back to Russia and Belgium. This is a six-pointer, too, because Belgium is on 24 points. Russia's on 21 points. Who wins?
1: Belgium never lose in qualifying. In Belgium. They okay. just, they never drop points in qualifying. You're right. They like, have They always come out with like, these wild stats. Eight games, eight wins. Like 80 goals. Everyone just does good.
0: Because they get to play against Cyprus and Scotland. Yeah, they always
1: have the easiest group, too. It's like they play Cagascan, Ka- uh, and they're the only team – not the – not that other teams don't take it seriously. Belgium go for 10-0 in those games.
0: I would like to know the last time England had a had a harder group than Belgium because I can't remember. England's group right now Czech Republic, Kosovo, Montenegro, Bulgaria. And I realize Kosovo has come on and they might make it it's Kosovo. There's not another good team in that group. Mm.
1: Mm. Kosovo was that big five three game, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, I remember. Sancho was on two goals. Yes. He got a penalty. Harry Kane didn't let him take it.
0: Still salty. Mm-hmm. Next missed, one. Last one. He missed one. one in
1: the next game. I was rejoiced.
0: Northern Ireland and Netherlands. One that I think you could overlook on paper, but realize Northern Ireland is sitting on 12 points. Germany and Netherlands are tied at 15.
1: I need Northern Ireland to come through for me. You know, I need Germany to top the group over Netherlands. It's not going to happen head-to-head because they're they won 3-2, lost 4-2. So they're gonna need help. I th- it's in Northern Ireland, or Netherlands.
0: Um, it's in Northern Ireland, I believe. They'll get it. The they'll get a result. It's hard to say. they It'll be a difficult one to win.
1: want uh, nil nil. Netherlands gonna have some front line problems. They almost dropped their last game, but just like scored twice in
0: the ninetieth minute. All right. So um, that's the international break. I See, I like international breaks more than most people, I think. I, I realize you don't have Premier League and you don't have other leagues. I still like watching these games. Yeah, I like
1: watching, it, and it always justifies the fact that I bought ESPN+, Plus. but it depends on uh, how you go into international break. Yeah. So on the Liverpool side of things, I can take a two-week Premier League break. Yep. On the Dortmund side of things, I'm holding on to a 4-0 loss for the next few weeks.
0: I'm lucky on that end.
1: And it's like the second time it's happened this season. Yeah, <laughs> going in on these b- devastating L's.
0: Another international team now. The women's U- United. <laughs> All right, take two. Another international team now. The United States women's national team, uh, under the new direction of Vlatko and Anofsky, uh after Jill Ellis. I don't wish she was she fired. Or stepped down. I think she stepped down. I, mean, I think she, she stepped down. You, you can't get.
1: You'd have to do something crazy behind the scenes to get fired off yeah, of the
0: World Cup. Especially the the, the way uh, this team played this year. Um, recent games against Costa Rica, 6 0 win, and a very good Sweden side, an underrated Sweden side. They won 3 2. They were up 3 0. Sweden almost came back, but they held on.
1: World Cup um, finalist, right?
0: Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, two friendlies, but still, I think it's good to see wins under a new coach. Always good to see that.
1: Yeah, and everyone's fighting for spots, so like these convincing right. wins are all good for everyone.
0: Carly Lloyd got a goal after she was, you know, on the bench for the whole World Cup, and she said something like a month ago or something like, "I hope the new coach, you know, values me or something like." Like I don't, she didn't like being on the bench during the World Cup. She's getting old, but she's still she's still darn good. Yeah, she had a lot to say about yeah getting benched. Um, in this year they had it was just crazy. I I saw a graphic or something on Bleacher Report the other day. It was something like, it was either 24 or 20, It was this is what it was. It was 28 games played, 24 wins, three draws, and a loss. That's crazy. <laughs> like, that's Man City title-winning level last year. And for an international team to do that? Crazy. That's
1: psycho. That's, I actually didn't know that.
0: Megan Rapinoe won the Ballon d'Or too, right?
1: well the bondor hasn't happened yet it's like player of the year yeah yeah the player of the year won awards
0: divorced in uh, it it's, it's interesting with this team because i grew up watching them in the i think the first time i really watched them was 2011 the world cup um and that team was just like one of those like dream teams and did they win they didn't No, they lost they lost to japan that year um but like they had such a like a it was like just one of those like you watch a movie, and, and you, you, you learn all these characters. And then when the next one comes out and half the characters are gone, like you, you try to like learn and, and love these new characters, but it's kind of hard just because the old ones were so good. Um, I remember one of my favorite soccer memories was sitting on the couch watching them play Brazil, and Abby Wambach's, uh, one goal to tie, I think, 2-2 in the 122nd minute. Um, and then all these new players come in, and... My thought is it was Abby Wambach and Hope Solo. When they left, it was going to start to go downhill, and it didn't. And they just stayed good, and they won a World Cup again. It, we don't see this kind of dominance anywhere else.
1: Yeah, they really monopolized the uh, women's game.
0: I, yeah, I'd say that's a great word for it.
1: Three straight World Cup finals, two wins. Yeah. Now, again, a penalty shootout away from a thir- three-peat. And it l- – not that I was watching – it kind of looked like Germany was going in that direction, I think. I think they went in 2003 and 2007. Yes, they were yes. good for a while. And then got upset in 2011. And then, yeah, America just kind of took it. They erode uh, that.
0: that, that, good. that
1: they, <laughs> they rode that opening.
0: Good for them. Yeah. Good for us. Can we say us? I mean, I We said, live yeah, here. Yeah, we do. Good for us. Good for us. So, yeah, it's just... The women's national team, a different echelon, different echelon, too good. Um, one more thing before we go. Um, I, we won't get into this too too much because this episode is already long, but um, with all the news breaking this week about the Astros stealing signs, have you heard about this, Adam? Yeah. Stealing signs with the, the, the camera in center field or whatever, and then the videos on Twitter are crazy, by the way. If you watch him again, they'll you know they'll flash a sign, and then you hear a, a bang in the Astros dugout. Crazy, um, but it reminded me of Marco Bielsa, and uh, from Leeds United last year, spying on Frank Lampard's Derby County, uh, and there was this whole scandal and and crazy press conference that Bielsa had. Uh, if you're dying to know about it, look it up. If not, we'll explain it next week. Uh, but I wanted to get into it because I think it's just hilarious. Um, Marco Bielsa is one of the best characters in football. Um, so yeah, we'll leave it at that. I was
1: actually so like, disappointed when Leeds didn't get promoted. I wanted him back in the Premier League and that whole team.
0: He would have been. He would have been good. He might be back next year. Who knows? <gasps> uh, Preston North End is in like second right now in the championship. I think the championship has like two
1: points separating like first and twelfth.
0: Yeah. Guess who's in, not in the championship? Sunderland. Sunderland. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so that's it for this week, the fourth episode of DeMartin Download in the books. Any other thoughts, Adam?
1: Uh, nothing I can really think of off the top of my head. Okay. Nothing I've been meaning to say.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're not sure when we'll be back because, I mean, MSU season's over, but we still got international stuff to go. Um Maybe at the end of the NCAA tournament, maybe around Boxing Day, maybe in 2020. Who knows? We'll see. We'll just pop up. But as always, we've hoped that you've found this episode in the great words of Ray Hudson. Magisterial. Join us next time.